0: Behind this door is another dimension. Welcome to Enter the Flow Zone podcast. This is the only podcast that teaches people the secrets of peak performance, positive psychology, and mindset mastery to help unlock your flow state. Here's your host, certified flow coach and international happiness consultant, Sumed Chatterjee.
1: Welcome back to the Enter the Flow Zone podcast. Guys, I hope you've been doing well. I know it's been a really chaotic time. I have a lot of different projects coming out. I'm rebranding and updating my website. I have a book coming out, actually, which is going to be published. So if you guys want that pre-order link, please shoot me a DM on Instagram. That's Flowzone Academy F-L-O-Z-O-N-E Academy on Instagram. But we have an amazing special guest with us today, Dan Mangena, author a very creative and conscious coach, CEO of Dreamer. And he has an incredible podcast too. And I was actually, you know, a part of it, Do It with Dan. And that too, you know, we just have a lot of mutual friends and, you know, we're both part of some incredible things that we're doing. And Dan's a great friend and a like minded, positive soul. And, you know, we both uh, were a part of the, you are the freedom charity from Azaria and we both have a mutual past client of ours. Wade to as well. And Dan, thank you so much for being here. Welcome brother.
0: Oh, thanks for having me and thanks for such an illustrious introduction. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: My absolute pleasure.
1: Great. So Dan, how do you personally get into the flow state for yourself?
0: For myself, um, for me being in the flow state starts with how I go to sleep and how I start my day.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Cause if you're going to sleep in an agitated state, your sleep's likely to be discombobulated and not really groovy. And then you're going to wake up in more of a funk and that's yeah. going to set you off in a disempowering momentum. So I do my best, even when I, I mean, I've had challenges with insomnia for most of my life. Mm. So um, tackling that. And then getting up in the morning and starting off the day as I mean to go on, so with positively meditation, um, some breathing work, um, my affirmations. Ideally, before I even look at digital media or before any inputs start coming in, um, annoyingly to my wife, even before I speak to her. Sometimes I want to go off and do my stuff, but yeah. that helps me to um, to start the right momentum for the day.
1: That's incredible. Yeah, I, I usually try to make it a habit to like turn my phone off till noon. Now that doesn't mm. always happen, but I definitely try and like push it to that. But yeah, you're, you're incredibly right. Like that that peak time where we're getting that kind of, it's called like hypnagogic state almost or hypnopompic state where you're about to go to sleep and you're about to wake up. That's when your subconscious mind is really, really, you know, opening the the floodgates, you could say. So basically... yeah yeah it's really important time so that's incredible Mm -hmm. could you tell us something about your methods of coaching and you know why is that sort of unique in the industry because i i haven't really come across a a coach um, doing the kind of things that you're doing and so what is kind of your method and how does it sort of stand out in this industry
0: well thanks for that well first of all i don't really consider myself to be that much of a coach so Mm -hmm. much as a change facilitator Right. Um, yeah, well, so coaching—it's it, unique- so small, right? Yeah. I think just think, yeah, <laughs> so The uniqueness, I think, starts in the fact that I use Beyond Intention, which is my own tool. So, yeah. unless you've been, you know, taught Beyond Intention, which I have taught a few coaches now Beyond Intention, so they're starting to sprinkle it into their work. There are there are differences that are going to be grounded in the very fact that Beyond Intention is what underpins everything I do. Mm. So the other thing is that I am I don't believe that somebody can be changed. I don't believe what I do believe, however, is that someone that wants to change can be supported in that journey of change.
1: Right.
0: So when I'm working with someone, what I more see my role is, is holding their hand and giving them nudges and support based on my own experience, Mm. uh, my own learning. That facilitates in being able to get the the abundant, joyful, purpose human life that they deserve and that they are they're worthy of and they can actually have that that they're capable of creating.
1: Right. I love it. Change facilitator. I always call myself like an agent of transformation. So Yeah. That's yeah, I way. think you're on the
0: same boat. You're <laughs> in the same boat.
1: <laughs> Right. So you know, amongst that, you know, you have a really interesting combination approach, I see, or at least like you you, you use many different tools, and you sort of seem to like yeah. really personalize things to the client itself. So, you know, I remember when I first met you, and you're talking the real Men circle, you know, and you're mentioning all mm-hmm. these different, you know, psychic tools, as well as you mm-hmm. have some, you know, psychology tools, could you tell me a little bit about you know, your work with that and subconscious work, as well as bridging that gap between, you know, psychic or intuitive skill sets with that work?
0: Sure. So, I I teach uh, a concept that I speak about in my, my book, Stepping Me on the Intention, called the Flow Funnel. Mm. And the Flow Funnel really underpins my viewpoint on reality, which is, you know, the result of 20 odd years of looking at the, the different aspects of reality. And I think that's the real key thing here different aspects of reality. And I think that one of the challenges that people sometimes have in creating change is that they just approach one piece of the puzzle. They'll go and do energy clearing, or they'll go and do more yoga, or they'll, they'll institute a meditation practice, and they'll have some improvement or they'll feel better, but their life is still shit. And the reason being that they haven't acknowledged that they're more than just an energy body. Now, we do have an energy body. That's a measurable thing. We have a way of measuring that. Um, the, the skeleton we could say to the energy body is the chakra system or the, the energy center system But then we have a mental being as well that people associate with the head but actually it's not in the head It's a it's another uh, metaphysical uh, aspect of self a non-physical aspect of self mm. And when we start looking at the mental we see that or well, the mental has its own construct also we have our belief systems we have the narratives and and ideals that we we hold as our, our viewpoint of the world. And unless a change is met with alignment in our energy body and our belief system, then it doesn't really matter. We're not gonna experience it physically. So you can meditate all you want, but if the thing you're meditating for is outside of your realm of belief, then your brain will quite literally shut off you being able to witness that in your world. The opportunity for abundance or the opportunity for that loving relationship isn't going to show up regardless of what chanting you do what energy clearing you do how many past life regressions you do or how many soul retrievals you do because the reticular activating system will literally cut you off from being able to witness the opportunities that uh, that correlate to that in your 3-dimensional world so we need to take care of the spiritual yes we need to take care of the mental but then we also need to act because for many people uh, i'm sure you know the the story of the um, the the anecdote about the guy who was uh, his town was flooding He's stuck on the roof, uh, a submarine yeah. comes, a boat comes, a helicopter comes, says, don't worry, God's gonna save me, don't worry, God's gonna save me, don't worry, God's gonna save me. He dies, gets to the gates of St. Peter, and he says, but God, why didn't you save me? He's like, bro, I sent you a boat, I sent you a helicopter, I right, <laughs> sent you yeah. a submarine. Exactly, right? Right. So yeah. there were those who uh, bypass on taking action on the false notion that no action is, is going to be needed. And yes, there are times when miracles happen and action isn't needed but my belief and what I teach is that that's in alignment with your belief systems. And that's against the backdrop of your experience. So if you've never witnessed, for example, a million dollars coming into your lap out of nowhere, the likelihood that you're going to have a belief system that supports you manifesting in that way is very low. What's more likely is you have a belief system that you work hard and work smart. You'll get it. So if you do the meditation, you do the chanting, you hold the belief and then act in alignment with that belief, you will receive it. And Mm so with the flow funnel, which I found now mirrored in so many different modalities, reality trance surfing, which is something that I'm being trained in as a, 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 a certified instructor at the moment. Even when you go back to um, the hermetic teachings, this triumvirate, this three part system is always there. You've got mind, body, and soul. In uh, reality trance surfing, we talk about energy, thought, quality, and action. You know, mm. This is always there, but what I've done with the flow funnel is create a specific structure around it. When I'm working with people, we follow that formula of, identifying any energetic blocks and opening those up to the intention that we want, identifying any belief blocks and opening those up to the intention we want, and setting up our environment, our physical environment, so it's ready to receive in alignment with our belief systems as they are now. And that's why we get results.
1: That's incredible. I really like that. Yeah, I knew you had some kind of like a Jeet Kune Do approach of like bringing all these different models together because I definitely feel <laughs> like, you know, um, basically I've been thinking about this idea of manifestation myself and, you know, basically there's this element of like detachment or I would say like, because attachment is from this frequency of fear. A lot of people get stuck mm. there. Like they, they get so kind of trapped in terms of they, it has to be that way mm. very specifically that it almost blocks out um, maybe like a possibility or an ease or a grace. Could you speak to me a little bit about that and, and the kind of attachment sure. towards the outcome? Yeah.
0: Sure. So, um, I mean, I hold the, the the viewpoint of infinite possibilities, right? Mm. So um, I'm a proponent of hologram theory and also mm. the infinite possibility model, which says that, you know, all quantum possibilities are available here in the now. Uh, mm. So what, what actually happens is that I did a post about this a little while ago that possibility doesn't equate to probability, right? right? So yeah, we live in an infinite universe, but we have the capacity to access, not potential, the capacity to access only those that we're aligned with in the now. But what the thing is, is that when we start to attach ourselves to a specific road to the outcome, then what we're doing is we're cutting off whole chunks of infinite possibility and dictating that it must come within a certain number of ways but here's the thing if we then have self-sabotaging thoughts about those ways that (laughs) we we've created for ourselves then we end up blocking ourselves completely to the outcome if we use uh, a financial abundance again because that's probably the area that people are most um, familiar with me speaking to and teaching about let's say for example you know you want to increase your income to a hundred thousand a year right now the second that you hold that intention infinite possibility kicks in and all and any route to achieving that are available to you. It could be that you get a new business opportunity. It could be that you get a new job. It could be that you find out that you're a recipient of something, some money or that a great lost auntie set up some trust fund of you that you didn't know about. All of that's possible. However, if on the setting of that intention, you then say, okay, so what am I going to do now? Immediately you click your conscious mind into the equation which immediately starts cutting off infinite potentials based on your experience, your belief systems, uh, your, your fears, all that sort of thing. So Mm -hmm. now there's a very limited number of roads and those roads are limited to your experience. So if you've never done anything other than work, then the only road that's going to be available to you is a job. But then if you are holding at the same time, a limiting belief about your value and how much you're able to earn, then you've just completely sabotaged the road to that intention. You set the intention, you may be meditating on it and doing a chant and and have the, 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 fake job offer on the wall as your motivation, put it in your vision board. But if you've said, if you it's said, Oh, how is it going to happen to start thinking about the how, and at the same time holding those limiting beliefs, then it doesn't matter. You're not going to get it. Mm. Versus I hold the intention, right? I step into the feeling of that, that, that finished uh, outcome and I surrender to the road. I don't allow myself to start dictating what the road will be. I do work on my belief systems. I always go to the hack that I always give people is instead of trying to deal with your limiting beliefs, just focus on creating infinite possibility as being your belief system, as your yeah. belief system. You're spending time opening up the gateways of belief and then you're actively saying yes to life you're establishing a state of flow within yourself. So you're in harmony with your world. You set the intention that means that God, the universe, is bringing that to you because you've aligned with it with your vibration through your feelings. You've opened up to the infinite possibility. That means it's on its way to you, but you have to be in alignment with it physically. And that's where the flow state comes in and being open and surrendered. And then as opportunities come up, we say yes, we say yes, we say yes. And through those yeses will be guided to the manifestation of the outcome and often very rarely in a way that we'd ever think was possible.
1: Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Dana, that really resonates because I did this program called spiral very recently and it was very much so going through the chakra systems and clearing up all these emotional blocks. And right now mm. I find myself like manifesting very faster. I mean, I used to be highly like addicted to pornography growing up. I've been mm. off of that for a while now, a hundred plus days or so. And I'm just manifesting Mm -hmm. super rapidly and very quickly. So in lieu of that, Mm -hmm. you know, could you talk to me a little bit about creative energy or this kind of like energy maintenance? You know, a lot of things sort Mm -hmm. of drain away our time and our energy and our focus. But if we can really channel that energy and use it towards that desire, towards that intention, and it seems to have some mm-hmm. kind of like a rocket fuel type of effect, right? So could you talk to me a little bit about energy maintenance and what you kind of experience with it? It doesn't have to be, you know, sexual in that nature, but yeah. just the energy in general, yeah.
0: I mean, well, every, if you take an atom and break it down to its smallest component and open that, that smallest component, the electron, mm-hmm. it's 99.999% energy. So yeah. the building blocks to make up our, our world are energy. So when we're looking at our physical reality, what we're actually seeing is energy in different forms and shapes based on the composition of atoms and compounds that make up different things, including, uh, the wood that's on the door there, uh, the, the, the the white gold on my finger, uh, the, the computer in front of me, uh, all of this is just energy that's in different forms, right? So energy is what the universe is made of. This isn't some woo woo concept. This is scientifically demonstrated to be true. So if I want to create something, essentially what I'm doing is I'm taking existing energy and shifting the form of it because energy is neither created nor destroyed. It just takes, it just changes shape. Right, just so we have, yeah. we have an infinite amount of energy that's out there in the universe awaiting direction on what form to take. This is what one of the things that we learned from the split test experiment. Right? Mm. So my expectation take uh, commands energy to take form that becomes a world that I, that I experience. So there's always an amount of energy but what happens is sometimes those expectations those commands that we give to energy are of a disempowering nature and they create blocks in the manifestation of specific shapes that we'd like to experience including ourselves because even our physical bodies and the shape that it's taking and even its working order is a matter of the expectation that we have about it so when i'm for example going to get in shape i'm looking at matter which is energy that's taken shape that's in a particular construct at the moment, it could be X amount of pounds more than I'd like it to be or X amount of percentage body fat, uh, higher than I'd like, it, uh, lower than, uh, higher than I'd like it to be or muscle mass less than I'd like it to be. The difference between where it is and where I want it to be is a matter of the composition of energy. But if the energy that I personally am channeling in order to make that change is tied up in another thing, then I'm limited in the amount of energy that I have to channel into what I'd like to create because our physical bodies have a limit, not in what they can hold, but what they can process at any one time. This is where the nervous system comes in and where practices like breath work or yoga practices like Kundalini yoga become so effective because they upgrade our ability to move and play with energy. So when we're doing, um, practices to clear out our energy channels, what we're doing is blocks that are inhibiting the amount of energy that we can process in our physical form, our physical form, not our energetic form, but our physical form is upgraded because we're able to channel more of ourself because we're much more than our physical body. We extend beyond it. You know, you pop someone, I think it's a career I can't remember the name of the camera, but you'll see the energetic body extends far beyond the physical. And when I'm able to take that energy and channel it through myself in order to consciously direct it and manifest the world around me, then I'm able to do more. So when you did the the, the, the the course that you just did and you cleared out those channels, you facilitated yourself being able to move energy at a more efficient rate and therefore manifestation, which is just the directive of energy in a creative and conscious way, you're able to do that more effectively. It's as simple as that really. Mm. You, you're able to process more and do so more effectively There was probably some um emotional blocks in that clearing that were opened up and therefore allowed you to experience new things mentally and therefore even your belief systems and your capacity mentally to create more was expanded and therefore your ability to manifest as a whole expanded also
1: exactly yeah and the thing is like the thing you said about like authenticity like the real version of ourselves when we have much more of that energy it just comes through a lot a lot more smooth it's a lot more pure (laughs) And mm-hmm. that's an amazing thing because oftentimes we go around with persona fatigue or like judgment mm-hmm. fatigue or like decision-making mm-hmm. fatigue. But if we can actually, you know, have tools and have ways that we can actually, you know, calibrate that energy throughout our bodies, then yeah, it's this amazing work that we can do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean,
0: look, when you think about this one Sunad, right? Yeah. Instant manifestation is possible, but we have collective agreements like time, we have the universal law, the law of gestation, which is another collective agreement that dictate that things have to take time, but really all thought should manifest instantly. It should do in the beginning was the word and the word was God. That's thought form taking um, thought, taking physical form, right? right? But the reason why it doesn't is because there is a passing of that thought through different la- layers of reality. That energy has to go through the process of taking physical form. Now, if that thought taking physical form is being disrupted by, for example, energy being sucked away in judgment, energy mm. being sucked away in hate, energy being sucked away in fear, then that journey just gets elongated and gives, and as long as it's out, if look at this wave, right? Um, the more that you're in the open, the more you're likely to get hit. Mm. So if we're leaving that thought out in the open and it's taking longer out in the open because of all these blocks and drains that we're giving it, then we're just giving it more possibility for fear and doubt to start shifting our belief system or shifting our energy away from alignment with it and therefore pulling us away from the path of manifestation. So leaving it out there by having all these drains and allowing it to take longer, whether it's by our own uh, belief systems, by subscription to collective agreement or what what have you, that just means that there's more possibility for us to unmanifest what we set out to manifest.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. So I kind of want to switch topics a little bit. I think it's kind of related in a sense to what we're talking about, but also, you know, kind of in regards to the present situation in the U S you know, with a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, racial tension happening and separation happening, you know, how can your methods sort of help to improve the situation in these tense times?
0: I don't think it can do anything. <laughs> I don't think anything can do it. And I've been, I've been outspoken. Um, i know I've, I've i've been outspoken in the pockets that i have spoken but you know my thing is this right now what we have is a centuries old collective agreement of hate
1: mm.
0: hate and divisiveness which is expressing in the form of of racism
1: mm.
0: if we look at look at this i mean people talk about the black community there is no black community it's like people saying asian community now my ex was um pakistan right so i know the the battles that happen between uh, Bengalis and Pakistanis, Pakistanis and Indians, the mm. Kashmiris, and right. And then yeah. even with that, you got the caste system. Right. <laughs> right? So <Absolutely. laughs> uh, I dated that girl years ago. She was a yeah. um, she was a uh, Brahmin. Mm. So like yeah. there was like rules and regulations. Like apparently her mum was a Brahmin, but her dad wasn't a Brahmin, and there was like all this kind of you know, all this kind of stuff going on. Yeah. Then when you go the, the black communities, you've got the uh, people from the African continent, having issues with people the Caribbean continent and backwards. Right. I remember I was in the States a few years ago. Uh My friend and I were talking to an African American girl and she calls him Indian. And he said, no, I'm not Indian. Um, he was actually from Amman. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm Arabic. I'm from Amman. And then, uh, He goes, it's not the same as being African-American. She goes, I'm not African-American. I'm American. And he goes, but you're black, African-American. She goes, no, if I went to Africa, they wouldn't accept me. And she went off on this whole tirade, maybe not knowing that I was of African um, heritage. So you've got that. And then even within uh, countries, you've got where people have the same racial grouping, for want of a better phrase, you've got battles between them, right? Yeah. And then you have... Then you have now, I mean, I've got this particular irk about uh, when it comes to comedy in America, and I've spoken about this a few times, it's like, if a black comedian goes on a stage and makes jokes about the white people in the audience of a racist nature, everybody laughs. A white comedian goes on stage and does exactly the same joke, he's a racist. Now, I'm not saying that one, that both should be allowed to say the jokes, I'm saying that neither should be saying the jokes. Because what we're doing is just reinforcing this collective agreement that is not expanding the world, but, you know, sending it deeper into darkness. Mm. So my thing is that nothing's going to change until the actual underlying issue of hate is addressed. Mm. That, I believe, has to go through a modem of more people loving themselves and then loving those around them uh, and then loving their community, loving and then that's going to start a tidal wave of love. That's going to have people letting go of these separations. Now, I understand that there's cultural, cultural pieces that people want to hold on to. Um, You know, people are very proud of their culture, but pride in your culture doesn't have to mean that you hate somebody else or that you see someone else as less than because they don't share your culture. Um, I spoke once about uh, this, the idea that, you know, I think they said by 2070 or 2050, or whatever, you know, 70% of the of the, the world population is going to be more of a neutrinoid, neutrinoid, as in more difficult to class where they're from because of um, more people of different racial backgrounds sort of mixing together. Yeah. Um, and I understand that for some people, that's a scary thing. I know one of my friends, she's got red hair and green eyes and she said, it's all very well and good that people are mixing together and being happy and free, but my people are dying out, you know, because so few people, that have her complexion, hair color, and eye color, uh, having sex together and making kids, they're less and less of them being born, and so there's literally a a combination of human that's being lost. Now I understand why that would bring fear, but that doesn't mean that have to mean that we hate people that that do perhaps engage in racial mixing, or that we're fearful of people that have a particular combination. Maybe we just start to be okay with where the world is going and trust that everything's going to be all right. Maybe we focus on loving ourselves to the point where, like I said, we can love ourselves without holding fear or loathing to others. So in short, nothing's going to change unless people start wanting to change. And that change is going to happen so long as we're holding on to hate. And I think that means that that hate needs to be vacuumed out from all pockets of reality, all pockets, of life, all pockets of society, and not given special dispensation. Um, Right now, I think there's a lot of white bashing going on, which I think is ridiculous, because what we're doing is reversing the polarity of the same energy, which means that it's not going to leave, it's still going to be here. Um, A lot of um, Anglo-Americans are finding themselves, uh, they're finding themselves confused by the fact that they're not allowed to be proud of being white, when it shouldn't be about not being proud of being white, it should be not hating other people and not allowing the energy that's of racism to be happening around you. So challenging it when it shows up and maybe educating and empowering people of your race to not propagate hate. I do that with black people and I think uh, more white people doing that will help. And then we can start to see change. That's that's my, my thoughts on it really.
1: Yeah, and that change happens internally and then conversations start from that as well as doing the kind of deep work ourselves in terms of mm-hmm. really looking at the shadow, the, the collective shadow. Yeah. Yes, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. So let's say in a post kind of COVID world, you know, what are yeah. some skill sets that people need to build during this time right now to make the most of their isolated situation so that they can have much more of mental strength in the future
0: i think being able to be with yourself i think that's yeah. one of the things that um so for example older my other half my wife she's um she's really struggled with being locked in the house she's like oh i'm so bored we're not yeah. doing anything blah, blah, blah. and there's a lot of people that are struggling with just being able to be silent and, and sit with themselves i think also being able to deal with unpredictability being able to navigate you know, unscheduled change, yeah. being able to um, to surrender, but also being able to make the most of what things are. So for example, a lot of businesses have been able to pivot and even excel and do better in these times because they're able to see the opportunities. They're able to see not that the glass is half empty, but the, not even that the glass is half full, but that the glass is a glass and I can fill it up or empty out as much as I want to come, just completely change the, the viewpoint on life in general. And I think that yeah. more people doing that, will enable them to, cause this isn't going to be the last time this is going to happen. Right? right now, that we've all as a collective experienced uncertainty and confusion at this level, there's going to be collective agreement of possibility for this, for, for humanity as a whole. We saw that COVID quickly changed into racial tension and racial rights. Yeah. You know, who knows what was going to be. it going to be another financial cataclysm, which quite possibly could follow this many months of financial stagnation. Maybe it's going to be a second wave of COVID, or maybe it's going to be a mutation of COVID. Who knows? Maybe it's going to be a meteor, right? <laughs> right. Or, or like a, a 2012 uh, type situation, or the end of tomorrow, whatever, right? Who, who knows what it's going to be? But what we do know is those who have the capacity to navigate these things with grace are the ones that are going to survive and thrive. More people doing that is going to empower them to be able to handle whatever comes.
1: Yeah, I think like right now I'm trying to reach out to the people who are really level headed and not like kind of like the dramatic (laughs) like expressive people who are just going to sort of blow it out of proportion, but this is the people who hold space, you know, and hear me out. So yeah, it's definitely important to have that kind of sense of community as well during the time where, you know, the collective is panicking and you, sometimes you hear like, like I don't normally consume news, but because of this, you know, sometimes I'll turn on the news and I'll see all these newscasters. Like they have this energetic blueprint that's so rushed and panicky and mm-hmm. that like gets into your own, you know, vibration at times. And I just, I just felt that, especially here in India, like they have like Brady Bunch boxes and they like yell at each other through the, like, it's just like, <laughs> awful. Like, <laughs> it's awful. But yeah, it's, it's definitely a time for, you know, that sense of, as you mentioned, that time for ourselves where we can really go inwards and figure out like, what can we do in terms of being much more still and you know that reminds me like in our podcast we talked a little about a uh, little bit about this but like alpha waves and like yes. uh, creating that need for like getting that relaxed wakefulness but you tell me about mm-hmm. that briefly because you know i create binaural beats for my clients to get into that pocket between mm-hmm. alpha and theta so that they can really experience that flow state but what are some ways that you personally stay in the, those alpha waves and what are some techniques you have for even maybe your clients
0: so for me, everything comes down to choices. I'm sure you, you know by now. Of the years we've been yeah. with each other, for me, yeah. it comes down to choice. So, but that choice has to be preceded by desire. So there has to be a desire within the individual to actually want to be in that state. And as ridiculous as it might sound, most people that aren't—I'm not most—many people who aren't experiencing that state because they actually don't desire it. They're addicted to the existing set of circumstances, whether it's uh stress having a sob story or what have you being in victim mode so first and foremost there has to be a desire so for me it's coming back to the desire that i want the expansive desire that i have for my life i use my movies Uh, i play those every night and i have my intentions and affirmations and my, my my vision for my life that i read in the morning so that sets me up for what do i really want to desire so regardless of what unconscious patterns might want to come up from the surface i first focus where do i want to be and then I ask myself at regular points in the day, is my current emotional state in alignment with the outcome that I desire? And if it isn't, then I, step, I choose to step into that. The tools that I use to do that are breath work, heart coherence, um, just slowing down, changing my physiology, uh, my yoga practice, my meditation. All of these things allow me to spend more time practicing, rehearsing, being in those brain states so that I can carry it as my norm. Because at the end of the day, you know, as well as I do, the unconscious mind is operating much more of the time than our conscious mind. But the unconscious mind isn't some mercenary that's just running off doing its own thing. It operates on the back of instruction that is being given. And those instructions are based on who we are. So if we spend more time in alpha state consciously, then the unconscious mind will start to acknowledge that this is the new default state that it's going to revert to. And what's going to happen is you're going to spend time, you're going to notice the time that you spend out of that state. And you're going to start to feel uncomfortable being outside of that state. And then that practice is going to make it more normal for you to be in that state. And that state will be more your natural state because the natural state that we have of being more in beta and high beta, it's just what we practice being. We just haven't practiced being more relaxed and slowing down. We're uh, normally running low on uh, or sorry, running high with stress, with anxiety, which has been purpo- uh, propagated by the media, by the news, uh, by collective agreements and so on and so forth, as we've witnessed very viscerally recently. But if I practice, for example, changing my inputs, turning the news off, and I know with COVID it was hard. Any website you went to, there was COVID, COVID, COVID. Uh, any app that you opened, COVID, COVID, COVID. Everybody's talking about COVID. But then spending time balancing that out with inner work. I've, I, stre- I stretch my morning regime, right? I, I cut off the morning so that I spent more time getting into a deeper state of relaxation, a deeper state of alpha, a deeper state of connection, a deeper state of flow so that I get a more positive momentum. So it doesn't mean that I'm not going to be tackled with things going into the day, but I've got more momentum so it's harder for that to have a deeper effect on me. It doesn't make me immune, but it definitely strengthens me to cope with it.
1: Mm, right absolutely yeah we do lead very very high beta lives you're very right like there's a especially in in regards to like a a crisis that happens right everyone's kind of really in that Mm -hmm. high beta so i think it's more important right now to for people to actually get into alpha with the with the different you know methods that you mentioned like breath work has been an incredible one for me and Mm -hmm. yeah guys if you are listening actually i do have a flow breath work so definitely message me if you want that it's it's really awesome and also you know i've been thinking about this idea of maintenance because i recently went and i participated in an online convention called the cosmic code and basically one of my questions was like why can't i like after that event i was so pumped and then i had this kind of like low, low of the recovery phase of the flow cycle, right? It's like, it's amazing mm-hmm. high, which follows this pendulum swing for a kind of like, mm-hmm. oh man, the event's over. So like that, mm-hmm. that time I believe is super important for people to really consolidate, to integrate, to be able to be slower. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what advice do you have for people like going to these, let's say, I mean, I don't know if we will be having seminars in person again, I hope so, uh, mm-hmm. but you know, what, After people, let's say, go to your events or anybody uh, goes to an event like that, which is mind altering, um, what are some ways that they can consolidate and sort of continue that process? I know it has to sort of begin in the mind in terms of like knowing it's possible. However, Mm -hmm. like what are some ways that they can sort of integrate the learning lessons of something that amazing that happens to them in terms of a flow experience?
0: Well, first and foremost, don't try to do it all at once, right? Because you you, you overload yourself. So rather than trying to do it all at once, just set yourself a target. So even going into the event, have a clear intention about what you want to get out of it so that you've got one thing that you can focus on or, you know, depending on your limit, some people have more capacity, maybe to handle a couple of things, but have a number of things that push you, but are within your capacity still so that you're pushing your edge but not your buttons in terms of what you're, you're going to get out of it so that means that you can focus in terms of uh what you're going to be practicing on the out on the on the on the back end exactly what you want to get out of it and you can do that in micro shift so it may be what's one thing you can implement week one and then week two maybe you're going to implement two things that you've learned maybe set uh, one thing that you're going to include in your day on a daily basis to add and integrate the things because Integration requires anchoring, as I'm sure you know. We have to take all, because all this cognitive stuff, all this stuff that's in the brain, if we haven't actually got the ability to anchor it in our world, then it just becomes an idea that can drift away, because it doesn't have the anchoring here, just sort of filters and fleets. In order for us to really integrate, we need to be having a physical anchor, and that is best done in chunks. So again, that's where the micro-shifting comes in. So coming off an event, I would number one say, Know what you want going in so you know what you're going to be focusing on. And then as you move through life coming off the back of the event, it's every day saying, okay, this is a shift that I'm going to make today based on what I learned. This is a shift today based on what I learned. This is an idea that I'm going to integrate over the following week and make a plan about that. Perhaps even make notes based on your intention during the event. Oh, this is something I can integrate every day. This is some ideas. Make copious notes of that nature and then coming off the back of it, you can actually put together a real strategy. Um, Also, I think it's knowing your, um, uh, Gretchen Rubin, you're familiar with her work, The Four Tendencies?
1: No. So Gretchen
0: Rubin, she did a, it's a really, really cool uh, idea. I use it with all my clients at the moment, Mm -hmm. even in our programs. So The Four Tendencies essentially looks at how we deal with outside expectation and inside Mm -hmm. expectation. So Gretchen in her work identified that people fall into four groups, roughly obliger, upholder questioner and a rebel so an obliger basically will respond positively to outside expectation but not into inner expectation Mm -hmm. so if they set a goal for themselves but they're not held accountable they won't follow through if they've got an accountability partner they'll follow through an Mm -hmm. upholder responds positively to inner and outer expectation so if they set a goal within themselves they're going to do it even if nobody's holding them physically accountable Uh, a questioner will respond to expectation only if they have a firm why, so if they understand why, and they'll go through some questioning in order to understand why, and it makes sense, then they'll follow through. And a rebel resists both inner and outside expectation. So if you understand that, for example, you'll know, do you know what, I'm an obliger. I need an accountability buddy. Let me connect with someone at the event so that we can form an accountability group and hold each other accountable. Mm -hmm. Or let me get a mentor or a coach in order to hold me accountable, or some other medium Maybe it's gonna be setting yourself um, rewards for hitting certain targets. Just understanding yourself and how you operate more optimally is gonna empower you to just set yourself up for the win.
1: Yeah, that's incredible because, yeah, I have been thinking about these different ways of doing that and I did notice like, with all the different speakers that were at that event, I started to notice that the speakers that I remember and that were the most memorable, were the ones that I truly like embodied. Like the the lessons were mm. truly embodied, and yeah, so I totally mm. get that idea of the anchoring because mm. yeah, oftentimes we forget. But if we have that anchor, we can keep going back to it. It can become like a resource.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, totally. And you know, motivation is also highly dependent on the point of time. So it's like, where are we putting our focus, right? Mm. If we you know, we're never like, you know, oh my gosh, I just wrote an email that felt so good. You know, we're not, we're not like that you know, all the time. So basically, you know, there are these peaks, there are these pinnacle moments of our life that we sometimes have to sort of uh, understand that there is this kind of duality and also be able to balance out our own self-talk within ourselves as well. And I think that that's extremely important. I'm, I remember one of the speakers of the event said, self-talk is a hundred percent of this game. Like, even if you have a little bit of doubt, it's going to creep in and like trickle into all of these other things that you're doing. So mm, yeah, definitely, definitely, uh, definitely resonate with that. And so, yeah, I personally wanted to know, Dan, if you have any sort of self-talk techniques or, you know, what are some affirmations that you truly, truly keep going back to in your own life?
0: Okay, well, I use something called hard stop intentions, which is an idea that if you've got these overarching intentions that kind of hold you in space, in place, Mm -hmm. then regardless of the list of affirmations and intentions that you don't remember, or regardless of anything, these will hold you at least on a baseline. Um, I used to use a manifesting only that which is my highest and greatest good, which is really transformative because it means even if I come out of consciousness and start to create something that's disempowering in the moment I claim this intention, I can transmute it and make it for my highest and greatest Good. Uh, Since then I've got a really cool one that I got from Vadim Zealand uh, in reality trance surfing, which is my world is taking care of me. Everything's going according to plan. Things are working out beautifully and we'll continue to do so with ease. And that's something that I embody every morning as part of my morning practice. And I go back to regardless of, especially when things look like they're going really wrong. Yeah. Well, right? totally. <laughs> things like really tense and really stressful. My world is taking care of me. Well, my world is taking care of me. My world is taking care of me. And that allows me to just come back to a state of being that's aligned with my world taking care of me. Um, oh. I've started going back to mirror work recently. I do it in the mornings. Um, yeah, I just repeat to myself in third person, like you are healthy, you are wealthy, you are whole, you are loved and you are success. And then anything else that I really would love to say to myself that morning, I get I begin with that practice. Um, I've been doing some, um, attunements. I don't know if you're familiar with the work of the, uh, the channel Paul Stelig, but some of the yeah. attunement phrases that, um, that the guides g- gave through him, I like to include in my mirror practice too, just to elevate my state and to yeah. just attune me to a different energetic frequency. So I like to use combinations of those as well. Um, just to claim, you know, to claim a different vibrational accord for myself for the day. Right. So that's my, my, my self talk. I do it yeah. in the mirror. I think I can't remember where, where I learned that, but when you, uh, when you say it in the first person, like you are this and you are that, it's more effective. Um, and by saying it in the mirror, I literally hold the, 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 the vision that the person in the mirror is, is another version of me speaking to me and I don't see it as I'm seeing myself I see it as another version of me giving me the instruction. So I've really embodied, like I really create this, like a true mirror reflection of myself, speaking to myself And I focus on the words in the mirror, the, the image in the mirror, not my mouth moving, nothing. I focus purely on just receiving what I'm getting back from the mirror. Um, so it really feels like there's someone outside of me giving me the, uh, the self-talk.
1: Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I really love that. I always try to find like different tools for, Especially affecting my subconscious mind. The one thing that I've done recently is, um, on my ceiling, actually, right before I wake up on bed, my well, bed, I managed to get all the way up onto my ceiling, and I pasted wow. this thing which says "Higher Self Evolved," and on uh, the side is like a smiley face. So I remind myself to smile every morning, which has really started Beautiful. to shift my state. And in terms Beautiful. of the mirror work, you know, like I've tried this once, and I highly recommend you try this out as well, Dan. Is that you're know, playing a song that you really love something like you know I can't take my eyes off of you or something like that really is you know a passionate song that can even make you cry um, mm-hmm. it's very very healing to just make eye contact play that song and just stare into the mirror in a deep gaze mm-hmm. and it's a wonderful activity and I got this from uh, Jared Grantham actually who is a uh, mm-hmm who does a uh, limitless love and leadership but yeah it's an incredible you know way to really connect with yourself so yeah i highly recommend that
0: i'm really to that
1: mm-hmm. yeah so you know you talked a little bit about hermeticism uh, i do have the hermetic principles up there and i definitely keep going mm-hmm. back to them like especially one mm-hmm. that really rings true is the first one is mentalism all is mind mm-hmm. and what is your favorite hermetic principle? How do you find it applies? And how can you utilize that principle in your own life?
0: I think all mind is probably up there for me yeah. too, because yeah. it just sets, it just sets, uh, don't take it too seriously, bro. <laughs>
1: <laughs> totally, yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, and again, I'm, I'm hologram theory all, all day long, so mm. it's all just a projection. Like the film Inception, just, just like they're just projections. That's it. Yeah. Everyone that I'm witnessing, and that just gives me a level of responsibility for myself, and also a level of. So when someone does what something that annoying, yet? rather it, than getting mad at them, it sort it's sort of when cut someone off does something.
1: Uh, what were you saying? Also, oh, so repeat the last thing. Yeah,
0: said when someone does something annoying, right? Rather than getting worked up, mm-hmm. I just ask myself, "Hang on a minute." what inside of me is reflecting back as this person instead of trying to change someone else I ask hang on a minute (laughs) (laughs) I love that (laughs) yeah what could what's going on with me and I just do that time and time and time and time again that's what I do
1: amazing yeah one of these techniques Mm. in my new book uh, and I've just thought of it right now which is like to say the words just like me, right after you, judge somebody, you judge somebody, like you judge somebody mm-hmm. really hard, and you're like, just like me, and it kind of that that projection. You're reminded of that, and your ego sort of shatters mm-hmm. a little bit. You're like, that guy's wearing That's a it. really stupid shirt, just like me. <laughs> 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 you and just know, bringing it back to self,
0: yeah, Bring it back to it, self is one of the most powerful ways that you can have dominion over the creation of re- your reality. On my coaching weekends, now I, I teach my the level of my work called Lucid Living. And lucid Mm. living is all about understanding that our world is literally a combination of the agreements and belief systems that we hold reflecting back to us as our reality. And so rather than getting preoccupied with changing things about someone else, I see everything as a placebo or nocebo, everything as a story, everything just mind manifesting. And if I change the beginning, the seed, rather than trying to change the tree, I always get what I want, always get what I desire.
1: Yeah. That's amazing. So what, what would you say has been like sort of the pivotal moments of your life or what has given you sort of the major shifts or epiphanies in your life that you felt like got you to where you are now?
0: Um, I think losing everything. Definitely. Mm. Particularly the second time I lost everything. The first time I lost everything, I was good. Like, I, I was fine. I got back up and made a couple million again within a couple of years. It took me longer the second mm. time, but I did it. But losing it the second time it shattered me. I just, that was a lot.
1: Mm.
0: But coming back from that definitely was really empowering. Um, I think also being betrayed mm. um, and understanding in that moment Looking back at that moment, I wouldn't say in that moment, but looking back and understanding, hang on a minute, what was I manifesting in order for that, to experience, to have that experience? Yeah. What in me is reflecting out? And having compassion for people where they're at, you know? Uh, I definitely would say there was a particular walking meditation I did with Dr. Joe's work at an event a few years ago, which gave me the permission slip within myself to do the work that I do now that was another big one. Uh, the first time that I had a real meditative experience, like a really transcendent transcendental meditation experience. That was another great one. Um, but I say in terms of ones that really were catalysts for massive change, that was some of them.
1: Amazing. So you did mention that you kind of struggled with insomnia and you know, a lot of people, especially like college students, you know, they kind of go through that a lot. And so like, what are some tips that you have for people who are currently maybe going through insomnia and what are some tweaks or changes they can make to sort of alter their lifestyle?
0: Well, I'd say for me, it was interesting that the insomnia I suffered from insomnia from around, like as early as I can remember, like 12 or 13 years old, I remember it being really impactful on my life. Um, and it wasn't until I was 27 that when I was diagnosed with Asperger's, I came to understand it was anxiety, uh, social and general anxiety resulting from my autistic traits, not having freedom of expression. So it's that mm-hmm. disconnect that was creating the anxiety that led to the, um, the, the, sleep challenges. Mm-hmm. So getting to the root of the issue, you know, a body is meant to sleep when the mind, you know, is meant to rest. So if there's a, a block to that rest happening, there's something going on. it's understanding you and your relationship to what's going on in your mind or in your body for some people it's that they don't get physically fatigued okay well then doing something around physical exercise later in the day is going to start to to chill you out i found cbd to be really really practical um i use a really really good one myself and sort of using that over the day uh the right sleep supplements changing your evening regimen so uh turning the lights down, starting to prepare the body for sleep, not reading or watching things that are going to agitate you going towards the sleep cycle. That's another thing. Um, what are some other really cool tools also just understanding your own circadian rhythm. Some people are night owls. So they're trying to force themselves to sleep at 10 o'clock when their natural rhythm is that they should be up till two or three and then sleep a bit later into the day. So just honoring (laughs) your, your body's natural cycles and rhythms. Um, I think those are really powerful things, but it really comes down to understanding yourself because there may be an underlying challenge that's manifesting through the insomnia, which, if tackled will um will deal with it for you because for me now if i whenever sleep tries to kick in and be an issue, I know it's because I'm being triggered with some kind of anxiety challenge, and so I just go in and address that, and then the sleep normally returns to
1: normal mm, amazing. That's great. So what what would you say, Dan, is was your switch from like doing what you do as a hobby and then doing what you do as a business and and making it, you know, your life. What was that switch like for you?
0: It was painful for me, bro. I had a very much Jonah and the whale.
1: (laughs) Jonah and the whale, okay, right.
0: Very much Jonah and the whale. Um, I was being called to do this work long before I did it. Uh, it started off with gentle nudges from the universe of, Hey, you should be doing this and Hey, you should be doing that. And then opportunities around it. And I was like, okay, you know, I had a very successful business. I didn't really fancy being poor. I like flying first class. I like having a few Rolex watches. Like I I liked my life. It was really cool. And then, um, then I started having challenges in my business. And then um, I started having challenges in my life. And then I went to move to Dubai and then I, ended up coming back to being to England to be in a relationship that ended up being really not what I thought it was (laughs) signing up for. And then uh, more and more the things that I was holding on to in order to, as the reason why I couldn't take the leap and do this work, kept getting pulled away from me. Um, and then I, I made the decision. I said, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it as long as I've got this together. And then I had another really harsh lesson. It was like, just trust. And again, something was pulled away from me that I was using as the, the, when this, you it. and I had that meditation experience with I saw what my life would be like doing what I do now. And I, I get to live that really cool life. Now, uh, I make good money now, not just with this, but my, my businesses too. Um, I have a beautiful wife, got a lovely stepdaughter, got a baby on the way. Um, I get to impact and touch people's life every day and just have a sense of fulfillment that I didn't even believe was possible on a daily basis. And I get to do that with freedom and flow. And all of the things I I wanted to have and said that I need them and that's why I can't do it, I get to have anyway, and more.
1: Mm. Amazing. Yeah, it's such an inspiring story, Dan, and you almost described it like very cinematically, like a movie, yeah. and I'm sure it was. I'm very sure that it was,
0: and, yeah. It really, really was pro, seriously, yeah. but, um, yeah. I just, you know, when you're called,
1: Yeah.
0: And the calling is such a clear voice, just trust, mm. you know?
1: Just trust.
0: Just trust, and when you understand that you're the author and creator of your reality, and that the stories you're telling yourself about how something has to happen. you are limiting yourself because at this level of consciousness, we can't see the whole playing field, which is just not possible at this level of consciousness. So when we're standing at this level of consciousness, feeling a pull and desire to do something that feels really good, but saying, Oh, I can't because of X, Y, and Z. Just be humble. at this level, you can't see it all. Trust and surrender that at a higher level. The desire that you've been given hasn't been given to you for no reason and that the tools and the, the resources to hold that can be available if you allow it to be
1: yeah that's wonderful well i was going to ask you the question of like you know what would you yell through a megaphone if you could like you know yell it to the out into the universe would you think that answer yeah. would be just trust or like what 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 do you think you would, I would say
0: yeah? Set and forget.
1: Set and forget. Yeah.
0: Attend and surrender.
1: Attend and surrender. I love it. <laughs> it's incredible. I love it. All right. So, Dan, how can people get in touch with the amazing work that you're doing? Actually, you know, before that, let describe to me who your dream client is, so we can sort of manifest together right now. So, you can pull in some, some real people who are <laughs> gems
0: towards you. All right. So,
1: describe to me your dream client, man.
0: My dream client is someone that's ready to to dive in and be all that they're worthy of, Mm. is ready to do the work that's demanded of them to do that. Humble and yet ready to step into deeper levels of certainty. I don't really care what they look like, where they're from. The level of of my work that support people at all economic levels. You know, if you've only got a hundred bucks to invest in yourself, then there's something to support you right up to you know working with me on a one to one basis which is you know a, a bit more a um, bit more of an investment in yourself so change and transformation it has is a matter of choice and if you're ready to make that choice and you're sick and tired of being sick and tired and you're ready to take responsibility and not to find blame then there's something in in the dreamer hq world to support you in getting to the next level
1: amazing awesome Dan. so how can people get in touch with the amazing work that you're doing
0: <laughs> definitely go head over to dream with Dan dream is in dream with with dan dan.com um, the resources are there right now we've got a really cool tool called the a little video on how to be a harmonious money magnet which talks yeah. about a lot of the principles we we've, we've, we've shared today and how to um, how to integrate those to creating wealth and abundance and I'm on, I'm on instagram Twitter all the socials as dreamer CEO but definitely the website's a central point from there you can get access to everything the podcast my books uh, i'm going back on the radio soon i may be back on the radio by the time this uh, this goes live but the access to that will be through the website too
1: amazing thank you so much for being here dan so present so humble so vulnerable so epic <laughs> and yeah, yeah it's great for to, having to have you i
0: really appreciate it, and I really appreciate it. thank you so much for talking to i really really appreciate it
1: absolutely you're welcome man all right and Audience, thank you for listening and tuning in to another episode of Enter the Flow Zone. Dan, may the flow be with
0: you. Thank you, bro.
1: Take good care of yourself, audience. May the flow be with you. Join See you next time. this Flow Awakening time. episode, be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and follow at Academy on Instagram. That's at F-L-O-Z-O-N-E-A-C-A-D-E-M-Y. May the flow be with you and stay legendary. Until next time, Flomies.